we thank you for tuning in to listen to this sermon. We are glad that you've taken your time off, taken some time to hear from God's word. It is always a joy and a pleasure for me to share God's word with you. It's a humbling experience. And today you're going to hear a sermon from one of our Sunday services where I shared lessons from the life of Ananias and Sapphira. Acts chapter 5 records the story of this couple who lost their lives instantly due to God's judgment. And though that story may seem scary sometimes there are a lot of lessons we can learn from that passage so in this sermon i share some valuable lessons that we can take from the lives of ananias and sapphira and my prayer is this that the holy spirit will work in your heart and will enrich your life and will help you walk in a deeper relationship with jesus and i pray that this sermon will bless your heart welcome to church once again uh, it is a joy to have you with us we're going to hear from god's word god's word is powerful how many of you believe that god's word is alive and it is working in our lives even today so we're going to meditate on god's word and see what god has to speak to us today uh if you have your bibles turn with me to acts chapter 5 acts chapter 5 we're going to meditate from verse 1 to verse 11 Now this might be a, a familiar story for mo- most of you. You might know the story of Ananias and Sapphira. You might know the story of Ananias and Sapphira and we're going to look read this passage and we're going to learn some important lessons from this passage. Amen. Are you with me? Turn with me to Acts chapter 5 verse 1 to 11. If you're there, I'm going to read this passage for you. I'm going to read from verse 1 to verse 11. from verse 1 to verse 11 and i ask that you pay attention but a certain man named ananias with sapphira his wife sold a possession verse 2 and he kept back part of the proceeds his wife also being aware of it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles feet but peter said ananias why has satan filled your heart to lie to the holy spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself while it remained was it not your own and after it was sold was it not in your own control why have you conceived this thing in your heart you have not lied to men but to god was five then ananias hearing these words fell down and breathed his last so fear came so great fear came upon all those who heard these things and the young man arose and wrapped him up carried him out and buried him verse 7 says like this now it was about 3 hours later when his wife came in not knowing what had happened and peter answered her tell me whether you sold the land for so much she said yes for so much verse 9 then peter said to her how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the lord look the feet of those who you have who have buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last and the young men came in and found her dead and carried her out buried her by her husband verse 11 so great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things amen amen are you with me i acts chapter 5 was 1 to 11 contains a very interesting incident that occurred in the early church whenever we read the story of ananias and sapphira 
it is a story that catches our attention because what we see is that people who sinned against the lord experienced almost an instantaneous judgment people who sinned against god experienced an instant judgment now when you read this passage it can be quite frightening it can be quite frightening because it makes us wonder what if we find ourselves in a situation like that like ananias and sapphira what's going to happen to us it's, it's it can be a little bit of a scary passage but there is a lot more we can learn from this one passage than about just two people dying there's a lot more we can learn from this passage and so let's meditate on this today amen are you with me so as i share this with you i want to teach a bit and share some lessons from this passage today amen are you all ready are you all ready yes so the early church was established under the leadership of the 12 disciples of jesus and they were also called as the apostles now the word apostle means messenger and when jesus left this world he told his disciples go into all the world preach the gospel and baptize people in the name of the father son and the holy spirit so after jesus left peter preaches a sermon one of a powerful sermon in one sermon how many people get saved 3000 in another sermon he preaches close to 5000 people hear it and close to 2000 people out of that get saved so it was an exciting journey for the church it's one exciting journey for the church where the church began to grow where people were being added to the number people were coming together worshiping god you know back in the day they had communion every day they had communion service every day we have communion service once a month <laughs> but back in the day in the early church they had communion every day they were excited the church was united they worshiped god together they would even sell their property sell some of their real estate and give the money to the church so that people others who are in need can have some money as well so it was in an age where exciting things were happening in that church and during this time there was a couple called ananias and sapphira they wanted to sell a property and give it to the church but things didn't go as expected there are twists and turns in the story and as we look at this passage we're going to learn some valuable lessons that we can also apply in our christian life today so let's go to back let's go to verse 1 let's go to verse 1 it says like this a certain man named ananias and sapphira his wife sold a position sold a position now the bible doesn't tell us who this man ananias and sapphira were we don't have a lot of historical information about that but what we know is the name ananias means god is merciful you may wonder you know you look at the end of ananias life it doesn't seem god is very merciful we're going to get there and talk about it the name ananias meant god is merciful and the name sapphira meant beautiful and the name sapphira denotes that she was a very wealthy woman so it is very likely that this couple ananias and sapphira had a good amount of real estate they had a lot of land and so they sold a position now one of the characteristics of the early church was that they would often sell their property and give the money to the church and there was a reason why they did this the early church had concern for other believers 
They had concern for people who didn't have much. And so they felt a sense of responsibility. They thought, okay, you know what, if I have 10 rupees and if Dishan has only one, I'm going to, I have a sense of responsibility. I'm going to sell some of my money, give it to the church so that he can also access. That's how the church thought. They had this sense of responsibility among them. Now, what we have to understand is that, see, when the church sold the property, when people in the church sold the property and gave the money, it was not a rule that Jesus gave. It was not a rule that the apostles made. It was something that people willingly did. So no one was forced to sell anything here. If people felt like selling, they sold it and gave it. They felt like it's good to have common, they did it. Jesus never commanded that, nor did the apostles command. So it was basically out of love for each other that they were doing this. Now when we come to the story of Ananias and Sapphira, they desired to do the same thing. They desired to sell and also give to the church. And so verse 1 says like this, they sold a possession. What does it say? A sold a position. Now, if you read the same thing in the, in the New Living Translation, it says, Sapphira, Ananias and Sapphira, last sentence, sold some property. The first thing we have to understand is that they did not sell everything that, they belong, that belonged to them. They just sold part of it, which is okay. Now, the Bible didn't have a rule that you have to sell everything. See, back in the day in the first century AD, there was a rule in some religious cults, that religion, religious group, that if you are part of this religion, you have to sell everything. But in Christianity, it was not like that. So what we see is that Ananias and Sapphira willingly sold one part of their property, one part of their property and gave it to the rest. Now, keep, kept the rest with them. Now, this is where the problem begins. If you read verse 2, it says, he brought part of the money to the apostles, claiming it was the full amount. With his wife consent, he kept the rest. So Ananias sells the property and brings the money to the apostles, claiming, notice carefully, claiming it was the full amount. Now listen carefully. The problem was not in what they gave. The problem was not in what they gave, but the problem was in what they claimed they were giving. See, when it comes to giving, God is not interested in how much you give. When it comes to giving, God is not interested in how much you give. What God is interested is that how well you give. Sometimes we think big money, big blessing. That's a lie. We see the story in the temple, Jesus sitting and watching. And who does Jesus recognize? The woman who dropped few coins. What God looks when we give something to him is not in how much we're giving. God is not about the quantity. What God looks is even if we give 10 rupees, give it willfully. If you don't want to give, don't give. But even if we give 10 rupees or 100 rupees, give it with your whole heart. Even if we give 100 rupees, doesn't matter. See, when the offering bag comes around, give what you have. Even if you have one rupee, put it. God accepts that. We shouldn't, you know, try to hide something and try to lie to God or do anything like that. Rather, just be honest and give willfully whatever you have. What Ananias did was that he gave, but not with the whole heart. And when he gave, he claimed to do, give everything. But in actual he was not giving everything. 
Now here's what happens. This is, there are two things the verse suggests. Now Ananias might have made an oath, like a promise to give the money that comes out of selling the property. Now after selling the property, what he might have done is he might have made a show. Say, I'm going to give this to the church. Now, sacrificially, I'm going to give this to the church. And uh, people might have looked at him and said, oh Ananias, you're such a great man. You had this prime property, prime location, probably got a couple of crores, let's say five crores. And you're giving everything to the church. People were impressed by him. But the truth is, he claimed to give one thing, but in actual, he did not give the right thing. He did not give what he claimed to give. The Bible says with his wife's consent, he kept the rest. So his wife, Sapphira, was also involved in this behavior. Amen? Are you with me so far? So Ananias comes to Peter now. He comes to Peter to give. And Ananias hears this very shocking word. Very shocking word. Verse 3, if you look at it, Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You have lied to the Holy Spirit and you have kept some of the money for yourself. Now, I, I imagine this way. Ananias bringing this money, let's say about, he sold the property for 5 crores, 5C. And he's bringing 2 crores now to the church. And as he's bringing 2 crores to the church, he might have thought, okay, I'm giving a huge amount. And uh, the leadership is going to be impressed with me. Probably they'll put a chair for me and, you know, have a certain level of respect for me. Ananias might have come there and as he entered the church, Peter said, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept some of the money for yourself. Peter, the disciple of Jesus, receives a word of knowledge. And through the Holy Spirit's guidance, Peter says, why have you let Satan fill your heart? As you look at this statement, this is a very important statement. It's a very dangerous one. Because if you look at the life of Judas, the reason Judas Iscariot behaved the way he behaved is because Satan filled his heart. If, if you look at Luke chapter 22 verse 3, it says like this, Then Satan entered into Judas Iscariot. Satan entered into Judas Iscariot who was one of the 12 disciples. Satan entered into Judas Iscariot, who was one of the 12 disciples. You see what's happening here? People behave in a certain way, like Judas Iscariot behaved in a certain way. Why? Because Satan filled his heart. Satan filled his heart. So we see an, a similarity in the life of Ananias and Judas Iscariot. That is, Satan filled their heart. Now something important to understand is this. Listen carefully. Listen carefully. I know it's a little bit of a, like a mini Bible study on a Sunday morning. Uh, it's not all, you know, inspiring. But there's a message coming. There's a message coming. There's, there's a lot of important things to understand from this passage. But sometimes when, when, uh, when I get a passage like this to preach on a Sunday morning, I'm like, God... I, it's the end of the year, I, I would like to preach some nice, God will fight the battle for you, God will do this for you, I want to preach something nice. But there, there's something that God wants to speak to us through this passage and I, and I want you to pay attention. If you do not pay attention, you're not going to get this message, okay? So something important to understand is, is that Satan will not commit sin on your behalf. Let me say this, Satan will not commit sin on your behalf... Sometimes we have heard people say this. Uh, when they fall into sin, they will say, 
Oh, the devil made me do this. Have you heard of it? Have you heard of it? When people fall into sin, they will say, Oh, the devil made me do this. The devil pushed me into sin. The truth is this. You have to understand about temptation and sin this way. Temptation is an offer. Sin is the acceptance. Temptation is the offer that you receive from the enemy. And when you commit that sin, it is a sign that you have accepted that temptation and have fallen into sin. And you cannot blame the devil saying, oh, the devil made me commit a sin. No, he will birth the sin in you. He will put on thought in you. And it is you who will keep thinking about it. And finally, it is you who commits the sin. That is why when you sin, God will ask you, not the devil. You understand? Temptation is the offer and sin is the acceptance. Notice what Peter says. What does Peter say? He say, why have you let Satan fill your heart? The enemy came to Ananias saying, Ananias, keep some money aside. The enemy might have told Ananias, see Ananias, there are so many people who have given to the church. Probably the church treasury is overflowing already. They have too much to give. So don't worry, just give a little bit of that. Even if you give two crores out of the five crores, still a very good amount. Don't, don't just worry. It's a small amount. It's a good, good amount. The church will be happy with it. The enemy tempted him with that idea. And it was Ananias who accepted the temptation and committed the sin. You see, many times in, in our life, we don't realize how the enemy works. We often think, oh, I'm, I'm deceived by the enemy. Oh, the enemy is making me commit this sin. No, 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 no. He tempts you and you are the one who accepts the temptation. Until you accept the temptation, the temptation will not turn into sin. Temptation will not turn into sin. And when God judges you for the sin, he won't ask the enemy, but he'll ask you, why did you do this? Peter said to Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? When we go to verse 4, it says like this, the property was yours to sell as you wished. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You were not lying to us, but to God. The reality is this, if Ananias had, had come and said, listen, I had some other expenses, I had to pay some tax, I had to do this, and so I'm able to only give this much, God would have accepted fully. There won't be any problem. What Ananias did is that he claimed he's giving everything to God, sacrificially, but when the time came, he did not give. And there was another motive behind this. See, one of the motive of this man giving to the church was to show how spiritual he was. In other words, he was giving to show off his spirituality. Oh, look how spiritual I am. I just gave away 5C to the church or 2C to the church. I just gave away a huge amount. People will look at him and say, oh, what a committed man he is. What an amazing man he is. People will praise him. I, I often see this in church. There will always be a, a group who receive lots and lots of revelation from God. If you were to talk to them, almost every sentence will have this phrase, God just spoke to me. God just put a word in my heart. Have you heard of that sentence? Sometimes when you meet certain people in church, they always have too much of revelation. 
oh, I was just passing by and I saw you and God gave this fresh download of revelation. Have you heard those statements? Oh, God has a word for you. I was just uh, taking bath and the Lord spoke to me. It may seem funny, but it is true. I've heard people say that. See, I don't deny God speak. I, I know he speaks for a fact. I know God speaks. But people who simply say all the time, God spoke to me, God spoke to me, God spoke to me, are doing that just to show how spiritual they are. See, you don't have to show off your spirituality by using all these words. People will know you when you are spiritual. Can I say that again? People will know you when you are spiritual. You don't have to say, oh, the Lord just spoke to me. The Lord just revealed to me. People will know when you are truly walking with Christ. We often get into this spiritual show-off mode because we want others to know that we are always living in God's presence. But the reality is, we may even be struggling to pray for five minutes. Here's the thing about your Christian life. Don't be a show-off. Be real. If you fail to pray, say that you didn't pray. If you didn't read the Bible, just say that you didn't read the Bible. Sometimes I ask people, oh, I, I really wanted to pray, but somehow I was just... Uh, I had some other work to do in the morning and I couldn't read the Bible. I really wanted to pray but somehow I had a lot of work this week and somehow I was not able to pray. When I hear it, it's, it's obvious to me that it's a story because if you really want to pray, you will pray. If you really want to read the Bible, you will read the Bible. What really matters in our Christian life is be real, be transparent, be who you are. Don't try to add anything your life just to show how spiritual you are. The problem with Ananias was that he was trying to show off as a spiritual man. He was claiming to show him, show himself as a man who he was actually not. The problem is this. God knew it. God knew it and that turned into a huge problem. God knew that it was a lie. Verse 4 says like this, The property was yours to sell as you wished, and after selling, the money was also yours to give. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. Ananias had the complete rights to keep what he wanted to keep. You see, God will never compel you to give so much. If you cannot give 100 rupees to God, give 10 rupees. If you cannot give 10, give 1 rupee. God will be pleased with what you give. And if, if at any time you hear people saying, give God 100, he will multiply into 1,000. Give God 1,000, it will be a 10,000. A 10,000 a lakh. Let me tell you, God doesn't run a mutual fund business. He's not a stock broker. God is God. He will bless you as he chooses to bless you. Whatever you give, when you give to God truly, God accepts that. And when you give something, be honest. See, Peter said to Ananias, this belonged to you. Ananias, this is your property. Even before you sold, it belonged to you. Even after you sold, it was your money. And you can be transparent about it. But why did you lie to God? Why did you lie to God? The statement at the end of this verse says that he did not lie to men. He did not lie to Peter. Ananias might have thought, Ananias might have thought, okay, I just Peter, he, he doesn't see what's happening in my house. 
But the truth is, Ananias lied to God. When we conceal something, when we hide the truth, when we put on a spiritual show saying, Oh, the Lord spoke to me. We are not lying to men. Who are we lying to? We're lying to God. And here's what happens, verse 5. As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. Isn't that scary? Verse 5 says, as soon as he heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. See, there's one thing that God does not appreciate. There's one thing that God does not appreciate. He does not appreciate a hypocritical lifestyle. He does not appreciate a life where you're claiming to be someone, but in reality, you are someone else. God doesn't accept that. See, Ananias died. Ananias didn't even have an opportunity to, sh- to give an answer. Did Ananias have a time for his, you know, you speak Ananias, let me hear nothing. He fell dead in that same spot. I'm going to talk about why he died. Later when it comes to verse 7, after three hours later, his wife comes, not knowing what had happened, and Peter asked the same question. Was this the price you and your husband received for the land? Yes, she replied, that was the price. In verse 1, we have learned that Ananias and Sapphira already planned to do this. And in three hours, it's been three hours, Ananias had not returned home. She came to check, where is Ananias? This is my imagination. She might have thought probably... Uh, Ananias is given some important post in the church. Something is happening. Let me go and see. She reaches the church. Peter asks, Was this the price you paid? And you and your husband received for the land? And even without thinking, she says, Yes. And at the end of it, we see that she also falls to the floor and dies. And the young men come, come and they take her and bury her beside her husband. Now, looking through this passage, I know this is not a very inspiring uh, word on a Sunday morning. I know it's not very positive. But I believe God is speaking to us very clearly. I believe God is dealing with certain areas of our life. Maybe there's a bit of hypocrisy. A bit of spiritual show-off. A habit to lie. A habit to hide the truth. And I believe God is dealing with that in certain areas of our life, saying that He does not entertain such habits in our life. See, as you look at the entire passage from verse 1 to 11, there is something important you can learn. The most important lesson that you can take away is this. Never take God for granted. Never take God for granted. See, many times in our spiritual life, we take God for granted. Or we know God doesn't like this, but we still do it. We know God does not appreciate us doing that, but we still do it. Knowing that tomorrow morning I can pray and ask for forgiveness. I can settle with God tomorrow morning. He is a gracious God, full of compassion, full of mercy. Sometimes we take the grace of God for granted thinking that we can fix ourselves tomorrow. From what we see in the life of Ananias and Sapphira is that there is no, nothing that we can conceal from God. We may show our spirituality to others. 
We may show how spiritual we are to others, but there is nothing that we can hide from God. God knows the last time we prayed. God knows the last time when we truly read his word. And God knows what we actually do in our prayer time. God knows the nights we spend just fiddling on our phone, claiming to read the Bible but doing something else. God knows it all. God knows everything. There is nothing that is hidden from Him. As we, as we look at a spiritual life, we must understand this, that God knows everything. If we are honest, if we are real, God will help us to be a better person. But if we put on a show or a lie, the truth is God will never accept that. When we come to verse 11, the passage finally concludes like this saying, great fear gripped the entire church and everyone else who heard what had happened. What happens is the church hears the story of Ananias and Sapphira and it, it, great fear grips them. Great fear grips them. Now you may wonder why did they die? Why did they face an instant death? We, we may think, okay, maybe God could have done something slightly lesser, you know. A little bit lesser punishment, probably uh, a sickness or, or something, but not take away the life. The reason why God put, to, put them to death is this, and I want you to understand carefully. Acts chapter 5 verse 11 is the first time when the word church is mentioned. Acts chapter 5 verse 11 is the first time the word church is mentioned. And what this tells us, I'm going to come to the point, but what this tells us is God is very much concerned about his church. The church at this time was in its early stages. It was a baby stage for the church. The church just begun, just started. Let's say it was six months since the church began and this incident happens. The church was in its early stages. Now, any mistake that is done during the infant stage or the early stages can destroy the purity of the church. Now we have to understand that God is very much concerned about the church. So any sin, any impurity, any scandal, any satanic infiltration could have corrupted the church at its roots. Now take a baby for example, a newborn baby. It is prone to infections easily. And it has to be protected by all means. And God is looking at the church. He's very much concerned about the church. When he sees something going wrong in the church, he immediately strikes people dead. What this tells is God is greatly concerned about his church. Now you may ask, okay, why doesn't God do that today? Because we see a lot of you know, scandal in the church, a lot of things going on in the church. Why doesn't God kill people like this today? The truth is this, the church has grown much more bigger than what it was then. The church was in its baby stage. Now, let's say it's like a tree with many branches. Now, if a church does a mistake, I want to give you this analogy. It's like a branch that dies. The root hasn't died. The early church was like a root that was growing. And God did not want anybody to mess with that root. That is what, back in the day, God immediately brought a judgment. And today, he's patient. Today he is patient. We have to ask ourselves, you know, in my Christian life, do I take God for granted? 
Do I take God for granted? We can't take anything of what God gives us as just another thing to you know, somehow get by. When you see, church is something that God gives us. Right? Church is something that God gives us. And we can never take the church for granted. The more we take church for granted, see, the Bible talks about church as the bride of Christ. You look at the church at Ephesus, God is very careful about his church. He says, you fix yourself or else I'm going to remove the lampstand from its place. And, and many years later, uh, if you look at it, the church at Ephesus, historically, God took away the lampstand from its place. What happened is the church at Ephesus stopped to exist. Do you get that? There's a seriousness when it comes to God. We can't take God for granted. We can't treat him like a, like a genie, like you summon and he comes and he does something for you. God is God. And he is righteous in his judgment. And we can never take him for granted. And whatever God gives us, we have to live in it with absolute commitment. God wasn't bothered by the money that Ananias was giving. What God was looking for is truthfulness. 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 If Ananias had given, and if Peter the Apostle had accepted it, eventually the others will come to know. Others will come to know in the church. And when they come to know, they'll begin to think, because back in the day, because back in the day there was this belief that you can't hide anything from God. Anything from God. But if Peter had accepted it and not, had not confronted the issue in the church, the church would have started to become a corrupted one because they'll start to think that God is not really working in this place because nobody's being convicted of their sin. Nobody is being convicted of their sin. And so people would have taken the church very lightly, very lightly. And what God does is he reminds the church that day, in the first century AD, and also even today saying, that he cares about the church. And we can never take anything that God has given for granted. Whatever God has given, we have to live in it with an absolute commitment. If, there is, if God has given us a spouse, we have to live, in with, live with an absolute commitment. If God has given us a, a, a good job, we have to do it with an absolute commitment. If God has given us another life, another opportunity, we have to do that in absolute commitment. We can't, we can't keep kicking around opportunities. We can't keep playing with the grace of God. Ananias, knowingly, he knew he's doing something like this. And Peter asks him, why have you let Satan fill your heart? Ananias, intentionally, knowing fully well that he's committing something wrong, did it because... He let Satan fill his heart and he gave into that sin, fell into sin. A very tragic ending. I just imagine Ananias didn't even get to say one word, <laughs> didn't even get to argue his case. In that same moment, he lost his life. When I look at the church today, see, God may not do the same thing today because the church is different now. It's much more grown and mature right now. But God is the same God. For everything that we do, every mistake, everything that we hide from him, every time we speak a lie, a habitual lie or anything, God will call that to account one day. And we have to be careful enough to say, Lord, 
I did this, I'm sorry, and God will let that go. But if you keep living a lifestyle of a hypocrite, just hiding things and concealing and, and just showing the world that, oh, I'm a spiritual man, a spiritual woman, God knows it. And he will call that to account one day. David says like this, when he commits a sin against God, David says like this, it is a dangerous thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It's a dangerous thing. It's, it's a fearful thing for me to fall into the hands of living God because his judgment can be unbearable. Can be unbearable. What we see from the life of Ananias and Sapphira is never take God for granted. Amen. I believe God is working this morning. I believe God is dealing with certain areas in our life where there might be a, a habit to take the grace of God for granted. We may do something and think, okay, God is going to forgive me. I'm going to fix this tomorrow. I'm going to do this later. I'm going to go to church and set right everything. God says, no. No. God is merciful. It is true. But God is also a righteous judge. We should never forget that. The biggest problem with our worship songs today is there's too much songs about the love of God. Oh God's love, oh God's love, this love, that love, he came after me, oh he's concerned about me. But let us never forget that he's also a righteous judge. And he sits on his judgment throne and when he calls us to account, we'll be shivering, trembling in fear. May we never be found in that spot. If we do something, let us confess our sin. And the Bible says he's faithful to forgive. He'll forgive, let us go. But if we keep hiding things, keep concealing things, God will call that to account one day. Amen. We meditated from Acts chapter 5 verse 11, 5 verse 1 to 11 and it reminds us of the seriousness of following God and also never taking him for granted. Never taking him for granted in any way. And I pray that, that you would take this message back to your homes and apply it to your life and see if there is anything in your heart that is displeasing to the Lord and just say, Lord, I come ask for your forgiveness. The beautiful thing about our God is that he does not tolerate sin. But when we go to him and say, God, I'm sorry, he lets us go. That's a beautiful thing. He doesn't bargain. He doesn't say, oh, you did this for the 10th time. Oh, you did this for the 20th time. God will not bargain with you, but rather he will say, I forgive you. Live a life that pleases me. Amen. That's a message we can take back. From today's passage that is never take God for granted in any way amen I hope you're blessed by this I know it may not be all that positive and encouraging but uh, there's something that we can learn and apply to our lives when I think of Hope City Church I always think it this way that I know when people come here they grow I know when people come here they grow because God speaks and God's Word is preached in its fullness this is not a boast, but this is something that I know God is doing. And see, the, the sermons that I preach to you, is preached to me first. I'm like crushed. I'm like, Lord, fix me. And then I get on stage and I preach to you. So the word comes to me first, and then it comes to you. And I know this is all for our benefit. All for our growth. So that we can see Jesus one day face to face. Amen? Amen? Let's close our eyes for the benediction. May the love of our Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the sweet fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each one of us for now 
and forevermore. Amen and amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for spending your hour with us as you listen to God's word. We hope and believe that this has enriched your walk with the Lord and has reminded you about never taking God for granted at any situation of our life. And if you're blessed by the sermon and have a story to share on how God worked in your heart, you can send us an email to joshua at hopecity.org.in or you can visit our website to get more of our contact information. And if you have any prayer request or any need, you can also contact us. And all our contact information is on our website, that is hopecity.org.in. God bless you and I'll talk to you soon.